Hello and welcome to episode nine of Kiss My Arts. Finally, 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 it is here. Big apologies. There's been such a huge gap between the last one with Hannah Biel and this one, episode nine. But many things have been happening. I've started back at work um, a few days a week with Curious Monkey. So I'm busy, busy, busy. And also my computer nearly died, which made editing really slow and frustrating. And so I just couldn't bear to do any. But I have a new Mac. It's amazing. And I have a new Zoom recorder as well which hopefully will mean that the quality of this podcast is going to get better. Um, and, and I'm ready. And I've got some conversations that I still haven't put out there that I had over the summer while I was off on maternity leave. And this one, episode nine, is with the wonderful Lee Mattinson. For those of you who don't know Lee, he is a writer. He's from Cumbria. He's lived in the Northeast for a long time now, and he has written some brilliantly hilarious, dark, twisted, uh, wonderful plays. He has a kind of genius mind and a quick wit and also a dark, dark, dark side. Um, now, Lee wasn't that keen on having a sort of interview as such even though I don't see these necessarily as interviews he wanted it to be really informal um so we decided he would come around and we would drink a bottle of wine and have a good old chat and just turn the recorder on so that's what we did so this conversation is us getting through a fair few glasses of wine um and chatting on uh we talk about all sorts of things including my birth story um we also talk about our uh Amdram uh, experiences, going to see Amdram at the theatre. And also there's lots of great stuff about Lee's writing and his process and his characters and how he, how he lives with them and brings them to life and, uh, and so on and so forth. So it's a lovely conversation with a lovely man who is um, a wonderful friend of mine. So I hope you enjoy it. And apologies again, it took so long in coming. But here we go, episode nine, Lee Mattinson. Okay, we're on. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, so I wanted to have a water birth and uh-huh. I wanted to have it at home. And because I was two weeks overdue, like they induce you at 10 days, uh-huh. but I had to persuade them to let me go to 14 days, which which I did because I was like hoping that I w- it would happen naturally. Oh, screamer, come on. Um, Can they not induce you at home? Uh, if you're being induced, you have to be in hospital because okay. they have to like monitor you. So you have to be basically in a bed, yeah. strapped to a machine uh-huh. with like a monitor of the baby's heart rate and stuff. So I'd planned all, and I've done like a hypnobirthing thing. Oh, all right, I've done like a. You're being ratty. Oh dear! Oh, it's <laughs> such a hard life. She have a big lung. Uh, she's just, just, just constant. She's just been constantly feeding. <laughs> yeah. You just love it, don't you? You love baby. Um, 
So I did like a hypnobirthing course and uh-huh. like, I planned to have this really serene, like wonderful water birth in the house yeah. with all this music and everything. And then it got to like 14 days and I was booked in for an induction. Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, well, I'm going to have to go into hospital. You and then that morning I went into labour naturally. So I was uh, like, yes, it's happened, in. like just in time. Yeah. And, uh, and I had contractions and stuff and I rang the midwife and the community midwife came out. Uh-huh. Um, but I wasn't very dilated, like my cervix wasn't very dilated, okay. even though I was having contractions, which is basically, that, that's the thing they look for when you're in labour, it yeah. has to get to like, however many centimetres. Ten centimetres or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, so I wasn't, um, con- I wasn't dilated enough. So I just carried on and was having contractions, I was sat in the garden and mm-hmm. like in the house and Ian was rubbing my back and then they were getting more intense and more painful. But it was like, okay, uh-huh. could handle it. And it was nice being at home. And the midwife came out again and I still wasn't dilating fast enough. And then it got to the point where she was like, if it doesn't, if you don't buy like this evening, you're going to probably have to go in to the hospital and get induced. <clears throat> so I was like, oh God, I hope it happens, I hope it happens. Um, we hadn't even, we'd hired a pool, uh-huh. which we'd done a trial run of like pumping it up. But we didn't even get to get it out. Like well, day. like the paddle and pill for the birth. Yeah, yeah. Do they come and do it? If you have a home birth, do you want to just have to do it? They, you, two midwives come, um, community midwives come. Okay. Yeah. Well, one comes at first, and then when it starts to get to the serious bit, another one turns up. Um, yeah, and I had like a gas. I had a bottle of gas, of gas and air so in the other room. So I had oh, like, for your, like for your for pain relief. relief. Yeah. So I had a bottle of uh, like laughing gas, essentially. Oh, like really? yeah. Which I've taken at festivals. Yeah, so could it like they didn't? They purposely don't bring the uh, the, the stuff, the thing, the mask. So you can't access it beforehand. You no, know. <laughs> could have had like a pool, a pool party with loads of <laughs> like laughing gas. Um, anyway, so I went into hospital that night, and then uh, and then by then I was having serious contractions, uh-huh. and I had to, you should have seen what I was wearing. So I was wearing this, you know, when Homer gets really fat in the Simpsons and he has a moo moo. No. Have you heard of a moo moo? It's like mm-hmm. a, a mass it's like a massive flowery dress, basically, uh-huh. like a huge tent like dress. Like Mama Cass might wear. Yeah. 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 So I had one of them for when I was like seriously pregnant and I was just around the house and it's like uh-huh. quite psychedelic colours. Yeah. And it was like no one needed to see me in this, but it was just my sort of like, oh I can't be bothered to wear anything because I'm so uncomfortable because yeah. I'm so pregnant. So I was wearing that. Oh, it's nice. It's a bomb. Um, a pair of mountaineering socks, and uh, and then I was, and then we had to drive to the hospital, and I was oh. so worried about having contractions in the car. I was like, I can't bear, I can't get changed. Like I can't bear the thought of like putting any clothes on my body while I'm having contractions. So I ended up going in this Wait, crazy yeah. outfit. Yeah, my running trainers, a big anorak. And my big moo moo. Your moo moo and your, your hiking sock. Yeah. Just with a sombrero for the hell of it. And then and then we're driving up the A19 to the hospital and I was like had my hypnobirthing thing in my ears, so I was like just trying to get in the zone and like concentrate. Yeah. So I wasn't gonna make in because I, I just thought, God, how am I gonna cope with five contractions? Uh-huh. That's I worked out how long it would take us to get to the hospital and how many contractions I would have in that time. And, ha- and like, because Ian had been like rubbing my back on every single one and like being uh-huh. with me, and he was gonna have to drive. And by that point, I was like, oh, I'm not gonna be able to cope. But anyway, it was fine. Got there, had a contraction in the in the uh, entrance to the hospital, so I had to just stop and sort of get against a wall and like stop. Just breathe out. Yeah. What, what hospital was that? Cramlington. It's okay. like a new 
like a new one, but it's quite nice. And then... Uh, so did you get a water birth there? No. Or does it all change? Yeah, it all changed. So then I was strapped to a bed on monitors to monitor her heart rate. And then they broke my waters uh -huh. uh, and it still didn't bring it on. So then I had to have this like false like hormone that they yeah. put in, which basically so gives accelerates you, yeah, it accelerates it, which makes it quite intense. So from then on, it got quite intense. And did you get an epidural? No, I did shout for one at one point, and that's <laughs> <laughs> at one point, yeah, I had gasadair, which I loved, uh -huh. which was really fun, and I had a bit of morphine, which um, I didn't think had worked, but Ian said it definitely worked because yeah. I was talking nonsense, I think. But, um, but the work, the main thing was that I really, really wanted to push. Like every muscle in my body was yeah. saying, like you need to push, uh -huh. and um, oh, Ella Bella. Come on, honey. You're talking about your birth. Is that why you're crying? It's so traumatic for you. Yeah, she remembers it. She wanted out. I know. Oh! Shall we try and feed again now that you've done a bit? Um, and, uh, uh, oh yeah, so every muscle in my body was telling me, like, to push. Mm -hmm. But because I wasn't dilated enough, they were saying, you can't, you can't. Like, it would be bad for you to push because it's yeah. not open enough, basically. Um, and the... Uh, so every time I had a contraction, I had to like uh, basically stifle this pushing by like f tensing every muscle in my body. And that was what was like painful. That yeah. was what was really awful. So when it got to the bit where I could push, which was like, I don't know, six or seven or eight hours later. Too um, knackered. <laughs> Couldn't be asked. No, by that point, I was like, fucking bring it on. Uh -huh. So I pushed her out in like five minutes because oh, okay. when it got to that bit, I was just like, all right, I can do this I'm bit. Say, I've been waiting, I've been waiting for it for hours and I was so desperate to like, like imagine you need, it's like needing a poo more than you've ever needed a poo. Uh -huh. but, it's massive. but you can't have a poo. <laughs> but you're not allowed. You're on but the you've bus. been told you're not allowed. <laughs> yeah, you can't. You're not allowed because it'll damage your body. So uh -huh. don't have a poo. And you're like, that's all that, that's everything is telling me that that needs to happen. Oh my God. Yeah. So yeah, that was the bit. I imagine that was quite a relief then when you did. Yeah, it was. And then she was there and that was amazing. It's a pure magic. Yeah. I thought, because I was convinced she was a boy as well. And I'd secretly, oh, Bella. I'd secretly wanted a girl, but I'd never said it out loud. <clears throat> um, but I thought I was having a boy. What um, was your boy's name? Can you say? Uh... I had quite a few. I had like a list of both. I had a list of girls and a list of boys. Yeah. And um, Jimmy was one. Jimmy's a good little boy. Jimmy. Yeah. Little Jimmy. <laughs> little Jimmy. Oh, hun. Oh, baby. That's it. Feed. There you go. She's downloading. Yeah. Is this gonna? Is this sustainable? Keep going. Um. Yeah. So that's birth. That's bonkers. Oh my god. Yeah. Would you do it again? Uh, well, not oh, like no, not really. Not this, not this month. <laughs> not, not for a while. No, I don't think I want another kid anyway. We can't. I think one's enough. I think I can't imagine the people that like. I imagine if I had like twins or something a second oh. time, like people that have a baby and then yeah, and then have twins. Well. Right, it's got this ball. This is this means we need the ball. Look at, the, look at the magic of this ball. Wow. She's loving that, isn't she? Sounds <laughs> like she's not seasick. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Okay, that that's better. good. She's cold now. That's good. Would you have children? <laughs> um, 
Oh God, I don't know. I think I'd be quite a good dad, but I also think I'm quite selfish. Yeah, but then I think everybody's a bit selfish. I think, yeah, people say that, don't they? And then they go, when you have one, you just don't, you just, all that flies out the window. Yeah. But you still do have selfish moments when you've got a baby. Yeah. I mean, there's loads of times when I'm like, oh God, I've got to do all these things for this baby and I wish I was doing something for myself. Like, you definitely have those thoughts at times. I'd like it for like, you know, the bit between like when they're like two to like five when they're just really canny yeah. and think you're mint. Yeah. I don't think I could handle like when they get to like whatever age they start telling you you're a bastard and they start hating you. You know, when that <laughs> yeah. happens, yeah. like I'm too sensitive, I wouldn't yeah. be able to take it. Yeah. So that like... I, the I, teenage phase. But then not, ev- not every kid gets like that though, do they? It depends. Yeah, but if they're a really selfish dad like me, <laughs> <laughs> that would surely perpetuate that. <laughs> That type of behaviour. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd be too scared of that happening. I, I would have, maybe have one and then when it's like, I don't know, like six or seven. Yeah, like give put it, it into away. care. Put it into care at six or seven. <laughs> like I'll start to wean myself off it at five, <laughs> seven. You're off. There you you're go. Out. You're I'm on done. your own. I'm done. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Don't listen to this, Anna. <laughs> yeah, none of that. Don't listen to that. I don't know. Oh, so I'd like to be able to name a child. You'd like to be able to name, what would you call it? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know. We did, she zap. got... Zap. With an exclamation mark. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Zap. Yeah. <laughs> you have to say it like, but then zap, Martin, Martin, Martinson. Zap Martinson. Yeah, that's quite cool. I like it. I we know. When we were naming her, we... Uh, some of it's from records, so we were just round here drunk with a few people. I wasn't drunk, I was pregnant. Yeah. Uh, everyone else was drunk and um, we were around here listening to records and we were going through all the records looking at names uh-huh. so we were like Bruce from like Bruce Springsteen like mm, no. is it off Ella, Ella um, Fitzgerald yeah so she's and named after Ella Fitzgerald so we, we took loads of different ones that we liked Billy was there as well from Billy Holiday and uh, I can't remember what else was there and the other the other names that we were thinking of were when we'd been in um in the park down the road, there's a pet cemetery, and we're oh, walking brilliant. past. You're going to call it Stephen King. Yeah, there's all <laughs> these like, there's all these pet names on headstones, and we were like, oh, like that? Bobby's quite a nice name, and like Bobby the dead cat. Yeah, yeah. She'd love that. I know. I kind of think it's better that she's named after Ella Fitzgerald than after a dead dog or a yeah. dog. Oh. oh, look at him, old... he's like getting in your bag. He loves that bag, he used to always sleep on out. How old is he? Because he's been around forever. Yeah, he's... Speaking uh... of dead pets, as yeah. we know. <laughs> oh, you're, not, you're not dead, Jibs, you're not going to die for a while. He's not. He is, I think he's seven or eight now. What's good for a cat? It's about um, 20, is it? I think, yeah, definitely into the teens. Okay. Um, if you're really old, I think some of them live to like 20, but, okay. um, but into the teens, definitely. Um, do you remember when you used to put him in the bag? <laughs> I put him in the bag once. It wasn't you make it sound like it was a thing. <laughs> it was really funny though. It was really funny, and he really loved it. Yeah. Yeah. In a plastic bag, we should we should explain it for all our podcast listeners. I once put him in a plastic carrier bag <laughs> and didn't swing him around my head. <laughs> but if you used to, if you get a carrier bag and you like flick the if you flick the back of it. Yeah. He used to just let he he used to in run it. in it. Yeah, yeah exactly. he went in it because he used to think it was something to like chase. He used to love it, didn't he? If he Flick it and he'd, he'd dive yeah. in and then you'd pick the bag up and spin it around. He only had himself to blame, maybe, didn't he? <laughs> he knew what he was doing. Yeah. 
He did like it though, but he was a kitten then, and he was like, he was. He wasn't a kitten. You remember making him sound like a tiny kitten? He was still quite big. Yeah, but young. Yeah, he yeah. enough to be swung around. Yeah, <laughs> he wouldn't like it. He wouldn't like it as an old he, man. No, he wouldn't do it now, would he? No. He's sort of middle-aged, I guess, now. Yeah, he probably is. Yeah. He's still a good cock, though. Yeah. And you spent Christmas with him. <coughs> was it last year or the year before? Christmas just gone, yeah. We had a lovely Christmas. We set a fire up. We drank lots of gin. Did you? Yeah, we wrote Walker Talk. And we had on some Christmas chats. Day? Were you working on Christmas Day? Let's do a little bit of work on Christmas Day. God. Um, but yeah, we did that. And then we opened our presents together. Aww. And he got this thing you... What was it? You know, I when there's a mouse that goes around in it. Yeah. He was losing his absolute shit for it. It was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, he loved it. Oh. It was great. Proper, like... And then I taught him how to drum at one point. Because you had your drumsticks in your thing. Drumsticks? Yeah, remember <clears throat> when you were like, he's the firewood and there was a drumstick in there. Oh, right, yeah. I taught him how to drum one night. Oh. He was really good at it. He was like, animal after Muppet Babies. <laughs> I'd love to have seen it. Yeah, it was a good laugh. We oh, like the clash. Are you going to be in like a cat band? <laughs> we could create a cat band, the cat clash. <laughs> be yeah. Oh, you'll have to come and cat sit again at some point. I will do. Well, you won't be going away now, Fred, as well. Oh, yeah, yeah we are. We're going away next week. We're going to, although although someone else has cat sitting then, but we're going to the Isle of Man. Oh yeah, for a wedding. Is that the one at the top? At the top or the bottom? Um, it's you get the ferry from. Somewhere near Liverpool. Oh, is it the one so opposite it's... Cumbria? Yeah. 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 Um, which I've never been there before. Um, so we're going for a wedding, but we're going to go for a little like holiday while we're there. Okay. Seeing as we've got to go on a big journey, we thought we might as well stay there. Gotcha. Have you been trotting around the country, introducing her to people, or everyone being coming to you? Yeah, we've been down to my mum's in Hull. Um, and we've been down to Ian's parents in the cut of face now, which is like a really unhappy sleep. Now <laughs> oh, you've got a downturn smile. She looks like she's on last of the summer wine. And she's doing that as if she's dreaming about milk. She's hungry now. She's regretting it. Are you regretting having regretting, a rash? Are you regretting snubbing your breast now? Yeah, like... exactly. You did snub my breast. So now you breast just have snubber. to sleep hungry with an unhappy smile on your face. Bless you. Will you pass us new wine? Yeah. Are you allowed to drink and breastfeed? <laughs> yeah, you are. The NHS says you are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's it's debatable as to, like, how much... No, I don't think there's much research about, like, how much goes into your breast milk. Okay. I think it's uh, negligible. Judging, yeah, I think it's a fine thing. Okay, good. We Thanks. used to give them gin, though, didn't we? Yeah. Babies. So and whiskey to help Probably second-hand wine is fine. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's been really nice drinking again. Obviously, not drinking when I was pregnant. Obviously, it's been really nice. Obviously, was that hard work? Well, I suppose you never jumped that much anymore, did you? No. Did you? Well, I did. Did you not give be... up for a while before yeah, you were pregnant? Yeah, I did. So I was a total wino, and I, I, I came off having like quite a few heavy weekends, yeah. and then and it was when I was trying around time when I was starting to try and conceive again. So I was just kind of, oh, I'm just fed up of having hangovers and I don't feel very healthy and uh-huh. I'm trying to conceive and that's not going to be good for my body. So I decided to give up. And actually that was quite good. I quite enjoyed it. I went to a festival and everything sober. Oh, really? Yeah. And actually I really enjoyed 
feeling sort of smug about getting up early and feeling fresh yeah, and like going not... to talk like arse all about it yeah hours. totally and just enjoying a festival in a, diff- in a different way like doing all the daytime stuff yeah. and all the workshops and the yoga in the morning and all of that um, instead of staying up <clears> getting totally wrecked being sick into a well age yeah yeah so um, yeah so I gave up for a while and then through the first bit of pregnancy I felt really sick and wouldn't have wanted to drink anyway. Mm-hmm. But then towards the end, I started to be like, oh God, I can't wait for a glass of wine. I can't wait till this baby comes out so I can drink wine again. Did you have like a little mug? Yeah, I did used to have the, yeah, I used to have the odd one. Uh-huh. Um, but then, yeah, but not too much. But um, no. as soon as she was born, I was like, we were in the backyard drinking champagne the day she was born. <laughs> Straight on <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. She's fine, I've got the monitor. She's yeah, fine. she's fine. She's out. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, look at you, oh. you little chubber. She's got the best trousers. Yeah, they're good, aren't they? Rainbow yeah, trousers. Yay. Oh. So have you been back home? Have you been back to Cumbria? I'm not. Recently? I'm going to go. I'm going to go next weekend. Oh. I think I'm planning to. I've not been back since. I went just after Christmas. Yeah. Um, I've not been back since then. I'm going... I'm planning on going next Thursday, Friday, because then I'm away with different projects for about a month. Um, so I'm going to go back, see my niece and nephew, hang oh. with them. That'd How be old nice. are they now? So, oh, don't. <laughs> I know this. <laughs> you can skip that question if you like. These five. These five. Yeah. And Hal is... Possibly two. And they're, and, they're from the, two. and they're from the same brother, because you're three brothers. Yeah, they're from my big brother. They're from the Simon big brother. And yeah. his wife, Sarah, so yeah. And is your little brother still travelling around the world? No, he's back now. He's living in Kirby. Oh, okay. West Kirby, yeah. near Liverpool. Oh. Do you know what? It's fucking lush. I went to visit them. I know Kirby Stephen, but that's a different place. Is that not? That's more like South off the Scotland. A69. No, that's in Cumbria, Kirby Stephen. Oh, it's near like Brough and Penrith and... Like round that way. Is it? I'm across the so. Cumbria. I know, like walking. Yeah, Appleby. It? It's near there. Okay. Yeah. Apple Big b- Crab Fair. I know crab that. Fair. <laughs> is that what it is? I think it's a horse fair. No, that. Do they have a crab fair? Yeah, they do. They have a horse fair though. But I don't think it's crabs, like pinto crabs. Oh right. What kind of crabs? Crab apples. <laughs> I'm assuming. <laughs> is it? Apple Big Crabs. I don't know. I don't know. I've never heard. Of <clears> I've never heard of that. It lives in West Kirby. It's like at the seaside. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's really nice. Um, yeah, I went to see him in January. Yeah. He's doing Cane. He's roofing. Aww. Still on roofs. Is he? Yeah, so he's doing good. Yeah. Do yeah. you three brothers all get together still? Like, We haven't for ages now. Um, but we do too. I'm seeing my big brother's technician to see Ryan Adams on my birthday. Oh, nice. Not Brian Adams. That was good. Yeah, that was right. good. Do you know who Ryan Adams is? I Most sort of, people go, Brian Adams. I know that he's a musician yeah, and he's that he's got more credibility than Brian Adams. Hopefully. But I don't know, I wouldn't be able to like name any of his tunes. Okay, that's fine. Would I have, would I have, would I have heard of, has he got like famous ones that I would know? Probably not, to be honest. No. I don't know. He's brilliant though, so he was Simon's technist. We've got Edinburgh to see him for my birthday. Yeah. Which I'm quite excited about. Yeah. Because that'd be an adventure. Yeah. We didn't think to ask Stephen. Did you not invite him? No, <laughs> to be fair. <laughs> so yeah, we could have got all got together soon, but we didn't, it didn't occur to us. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. 
He's probably working. It's on a Friday. Okay. And he lives in West Kirby. And yeah. that's quite far from Edinburgh. Yeah. yeah. Are you going up to the fringe? Well, I'm going to go for... I'm going for... I'm just going for one day. I'm going to see Katie. Katie Posner who did season tickets. Got a show yeah. on. Yeah. So I'm going to go and see that. Great. But it's on at like half three. So I'm going to go up, see it and come back. Yeah. Sorry, that was my shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I thought that was coming from, like, Ella's bum. No, it's just <laughs> rubbing shoes. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I'm going to see that. Just that, are you going up? Well, I'd really like to. I was thinking about going up for a day, but um, I'm just thinking about how how I'd do it. Like, I could go up and just see, like, one or two things um, uh-huh. and then come back in the same day, like, with her and take yeah. her in a sling. And hopefully she'll either feed or sleep through a show. And I think yeah. probably at the Fringe it's more, like relaxed about taking yeah, uh, taking funny. the baby I've only been to see one piece of theatre so far which with her, with her what was that? and it wasn't <clears throat> it wasn't actually in a theatre it was just a reading like in space six oh. um, a kind of uh, just a really informal thing um, and I thought and she was awake so uh-huh. I was like oh no and it would have been better if she was like sleeping but she was awake <laughs> so I was like well I'll feed all the way through it and it was this quite a quiet verbatim thing. And she basically just did loads of slurping and oh. was just really not like, and it was fine because she was feeding <coughs> and the writer was kind of. What was giving, it? Was the show? Uh, I can't remember what it was called, but it was a woman who's doing an MA in um, uh, ethno, what does she call it? Basically, it's verbatim theatre, but she okay. um, she does like sociology kind of stuff. And she was looking at the siblings of. Um, kids with autism, like mm. growing up with um, having a sibling who's got yeah. a learning disability or autism specifically. Okay. So it was verbatim stuff around, like interviewing lots of people who are in that situation. Mm. And, and she was a mother and one of her sons has got autism. Um, so it was quite a serious and quite emotional piece. Uh-huh. And she's just slurping away and farting away and pooing away and stuff okay. in the background. Which is the right times or the wrong times? Just, just, just generally quite lightly, <laughs> like all the way through it. And the writer was so lovely. She'd invited me and she was really pleased to come and she'd said it was fine that Ella came. She was giving me lots of smiles as if to say, I can hear you, baby, it's lovely, it's fine. <laughs> but I was kind of like, that's good. And I was like, I'm, I'm going to really try not to be embarrassed because I'm just feeding my baby and that's fine. Yeah. But, um, but when she did a really loud shit, I did have to like take her out. <laughs> and, uh, and then I missed, I missed the whole oh, middle bit and then came back in and I didn't know what was going on. So it wasn't like, it was fine, but it wasn't like the most relaxing experience. Okay. Um, so I kind of think it just depends on what the show is. Like what, loud, what do you fancy seeing? Well, I fancy seeing something where I get to watch it and feel comfortable in the audience. Mm-hmm. So not something that's really quiet, <laughs> yeah. something that's maybe a bit louder. Not some name. Yeah, yeah, not anything that's, yeah. And just, uh, maybe, well, I guess everything's quite short anyway, isn't it, at the fringe? But there's loads of, I mean, I feel really out of touch because there's loads of, loads of stuff that I actually really want to see. Yeah. And like, all the stuff on the Northern Stage, um, I was looking at their, like, programme, there's some interesting stuff that I'd quite like to go and hang out at Summer Hall maybe and go to, like, a lot yeah. of that. Uh-huh. Which might be the way to do it, is just go to one venue just and just pop there. in and just see when yeah. she's asleep and mm-hmm. go and see a show at that point. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I might do it. Everything just takes a bit more planning, You've yeah. got a baby, but I don't want I don't want that to like put me off. So Edinburgh is quite hectic. It is quite chaotic, but a lot yeah. of the a lot of the northern stage stuff will come down 
Does it not come back down with Northern Stage and is on at Northern Stage um, in September? I'm not sure if all of it is. <coughs> oh, maybe, I don't know, because a lot of it's from, there's like Grey Eye and like, there's oh, stuff so. from like all over the country. It's okay. not just um, stuff just from the North East. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's all sorts of things. And also it's just a minefield, isn't it? Looking through, I mean, there's millions of things that I've just seen, see, but it's kind of going, yeah. I just sort of want somebody to just do it for me and go, yeah. here's a show that you'll like at, on at this time. Here's the train that you can get. <laughs> like, I'll escort you. Yeah. We'll, we'll be here. We'll get your ticket. And um, and then I'll do it. But I, I, yeah, I probably will go up for a day. I just need to sort the shit out. What are you going to say? I one yeah, and I was like, I went like for like two or three days a few years ago and I was like, I'm going to see the stuff I really want to see and then just some really things that I've known will probably be about a bit shit actually. Yeah, it's good mood to of, just take risks kind of as well, isn't it? You. Yeah. I went to see a, a Amdram Little Shop of Horrors. How was that? It was, it was beautifully terrible. Yeah, I love what it. Was, what was brilliant terrible. about it was, you know, you've got those three chorus girls in Little Shop of Horrors. Oh yeah. They'd obviously all auditioned for Audrey. So, like, the subtext of the entire performance was them three. <laughs> Just glaring. Fucking Glaring. This poor, brilliant girl who's playing Audrey. Like, oh. Trying to, like, wanting to rip her throat out with her very own eyes. <laughs> it just had so many other dimensions than, yeah. than the, the scripts originally got. I quite like that about, was like, Amdram. Because, yeah, there's all the subtext of the people, the people performing it. Yeah. As well as the... Because there's... Hey, Jibs. He's doing like, give me attention, I'm going to scratch on the door. Jibs! Come on, come over here and get some love. Um, yeah, the whole, all of the, um, <coughs> the subtext of the of the people who are in it as well. Oh, God, yeah. You I see once did it's some... It's like noises um, off, isn't it? Yeah. You see it on stage. Yeah. I once did uh, an Amdram group in um, Redcar. I think mm-hmm. it was in Redcar. Asked me to come and do some workshops with them around devising. Uh-huh. Um because they hadn't really done much devising before and wanted some kind of, uh, yeah, just wanted some advice about it and a few, um, like, practical sessions. So I so I was like, fair enough, it's money, why not? Um, and uh, they were doing a project around the seven deadly sins. Uh-huh. Um, so they wanted me to do stuff to help them, like, explore the theme. And yeah. um, So I was doing all these different exercises with them and it was just a really interesting bunch of people, like Amdram is, and there was lots of kind of... <laughs> They all had their own sort of reasons for being there. Their own agenda. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and uh, and when I was getting them to choose one of the deadly sins to like each of them to focus on and do uh-huh. these exercises, they they always went for lust. So it was like basically this really kind of like sexually like, frustrated group of people who all wanted to do. Yeah. Yeah, well, a mixture. It was a real <laughs> mixture of from the youngest was probably in their twenties right up to like. 60 or 70. Just improving lust. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> basically. It was really, really eye-opening. <laughs> I was like, wow. Wow. There's interesting dynamics in this group, which you're exploring through improvisation right now. Did it lead to a powerful performance at the end of I it? I don't know. I, I only went in and said, here's some tools you might want to use. Yeah. <laughs> Go away and do it. I, I had nothing Run to do it. with them. Um, yeah, I had nothing to do with the development of the piece, whether it happened or not. I don't know. A bit of Yeah. Do you remember when we went to um, uh, the little theatre in Gateshead and we saw, um, it's great, what did we see? Blood Brothers. Yes. And I got told off for laughing at the wrong bits. 
<laughs> I remember being gutted because I thought it was going to be the musical and it wasn't. Oh, and I've been yeah. looking forward to that for about six years. Yeah, and it was just the, the play version. Me and Sam went to see something. It was after Blood Brothers. I can't remember what it was. It was some kind of Dickensian farce. And... um. And what looked like the interval was happening, so me and Sam stood up and started to leave, and then the, the ushers came and, like, manhandled us back into our seats, and, like, there's another scene, there's another scene. And we're like, oh, God, all right, we're so sorry, how embarrassing. And of course, we, we should have known that the curtains closing and the house lights coming on didn't mean the interval. <laughs> I think one of the worst bits of um, Amdram I went to see was um, Spring Awakening. And um, I don't know if this is how is it's... It the one at the People's Theatre? Yeah. <laughs> Did you see it? No, I remember, you know what, you told me about it. I was actually thinking about it the other day because wasn't someone getting fingered at the front of the stairs? Yes. And like her dad was yeah. there. Yeah. Eating his ice cream. Yeah. So I was sat next to this girl's dad, I think, and she was, um, oh God, it was awful. It, basically, the end of act one mm. was like a, a scene where a guy fingers a girl. But uh, um, the way that he did it was really sort of like, I'm going to do an action, which you can't. Quite jabby. It, it was very jabby, <laughs> yeah. Very like, <laughs> like jabby, like this, and, it um, and it was just a bit awful. Uh, and knowing that they were quite young performers as well, and that, and I think it was quite a young director, and they just hadn't dealt with anything very sensitively, or they had, you know, doing sex scenes with young performers is yeah. is quite a thing that you need to think about quite carefully about yeah. how it's represented, and and which they obviously hadn't, and it was just the most cringeworthy, embarrassing, awful thing. Um, and then he. Uh, so he fingers her and then he get and then he sort of pulls his pants down so you can see his bare bum and gets on her and starts having sex with her. Uh-huh. And so his bum's just kind of you know bouncing up and down. Uh-huh. And then the curtains close and the lights go down and it's the end of the act and everyone's like, "Phew, thank God that's god. over!" Oh my god, let's go and have a stiff drink at the bar. Uh-huh. Um, her dad, I realise, is next to me and is totally mortified. <clears throat> and then we come in after the interval. Um, sit down the lights come straight back up and it starts with exactly the same image and just carries on so he just carries on this bare bum just going and i I don't know if it's the script is written like that 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 uh, act one and act two you know end and start in exactly the same point just before he climaxes yeah yeah i don't know and then and then he finishes and then she kind of pulls her skirt down she's got this little basket of flowers next to her whips her microphone out and starts singing all about it Oh my god! Yeah, it was really. What it, was the dad's response? I don't know if he came back in after. Well, if he did, he didn't sit next to me oh, after the. Crying in the toilet. It, yeah, he might have just. Been, How old was she? I don't know, but she was a teenager. Okay. And they were like mostly sort of. Yeah, Why did she have a basket of flowers? I don't know. Is that how she pulled him in the first place? I don't know. She was wearing a white dress. Landscape gardener. I can't really remember the story. Um, I've and I've done, never seen I've it. I've never it. seen another version of it, so I don't know what it's actually like. It sounds amazing. Yeah. <laughs> was it what? What was the rest of it good? Was that the highlight? Uh, they had quite good production values. Like they got. Was it, it not? It was what was the cover? It was. I don't know. I want to say it was a nice swarm. <laughs> I, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I actually don't know mm-hmm. the name of the company, but it was. They'd obviously thrown some money at it, like in terms of production values, <clears throat> but. Um, Were the real flowers or plastic flowers? Oh. Plastic, I think. Well, that happens for a moment. No, no, it wasn't a. a, a, What do you call them? What do you call the props that you keep? um, The ones that you have to put in the budget for that you have to change every day. Is it dailies? Dailies. 
Oh god, this is terrible. Replenishable. Yeah, something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, Hot props. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'd call them. Like when, like in season ticket, <clears throat> they smashed a bottle. Yeah. So they had to have glass special bottles made. That Ten were like, pounds they were. Yeah. I don't know why. Ten pounds for a. So is it made out of something that isn't actually glass? It's just like sugar glass. And it's, then, like, it's like a, a lollipop bottle. Right. Okay. Thing. But it does a good, does a good smash though. I did a good smash. It was an yeah. impressive smash on stage. Yeah. 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 Good. So what are you writing at the moment? <clears throat> loads and loads of things all at the same time. I write lots of things at the minute. I don't know how you do it. Like how you have. I mean, I juggle a lot of projects at once, but I think you always have a lot of scripts in your head that are kind of coming out all at the same time. And how you sort of... Do you, like, compartmentalise or are they all just bubbling away all at the same time and you just spend a bit of time on one and spend a bit of time on another? And how does, it, how does that work? The kind... Yeah. You're you, very prolific as a writer, but you always have a lot on. I think... They're always all on the go at exactly the same time. But I kind of... I was talking to my friend about this the other day and it's kind of like, you know, like... You know, so, like, if I came and met you, like, as I am now... Yeah. Um, I would... Maybe the rest of the time I'm not with you, I might not think... Not... I wouldn't think about you. But there's, <laughs> there's loads I know about you. Yeah. But that wouldn't factor in my day-to-day life. Yeah. So I'd think about you and blah, blah, blah. But yeah. when you think about, you know, your brother's name or how many brothers or sisters you've got or uh-huh. all the experiences we've ever had. But then yeah. when I'm with you, they all come to the surface. Yeah. So I think about all that. So it's yeah. like going into like different worlds. So it's uh, like then okay. I'll make a different friend and I might not think about yeah. stuff to do with them, but I'll remember all the random facts about them. Yeah, yeah. So it's like dipping between different stuff like that. Yeah. Um, That's a nice way to think about it, that you're like, every time you go and do a bit of writing on a project, you're, like, meeting with a friend. Hanging out with some different people. Hanging out with some different yeah. people. Yeah, so it's are... all in there, but it's not... I don't think about all of it all the time. Yeah. Because my head would fly off. Yeah. And do, do you feel like your characters are, like... <coughs> the way that, that description makes me think the characters are very much alive and, like, living within you while you're sort of writing the play, that they're bubbling and they've got this background and this, like, life, and then it's just kind of pouring out of you when you're writing... Or is that a bit too wanky? <laughs> it's a bit wanky, but yeah, they are. <laughs> I think they've got to be, haven't they? Yeah. They've got to be real, otherwise you wouldn't be... I don't think you could write them with... You couldn't honour them as much or write them with as much heart if you thought of them as just, like, two-dimensional constructs. You've got to kind of yeah. be a bit wanky and just pretend they're real for a bit. Yeah. So that you can then go... Just care about them enough for them to make the right decisions or make the wrong decisions. I put them in the shit and see how you're going to get them out of it. It's like yeah. all those things you have to navigate. I don't think you could. I don't think I could do it if it was just like, oh, it's just a character. You have to yeah. kind of suspend that disbelief and go, oh, she's really real. Yeah. Even if she's just real for today before yeah. I have to write the next project. Yeah, yeah. She's very real. But equally, then it's like some someone's like cut that character. And you're like. Yeah, fuck her. <laughs> Do you? <laughs> kind of... Because really, your whole life... Really love them and them, but they're really brutal as well. Yeah. That's mad, isn't it? That you have these kind of... Yeah, that you spend time creating and honing this whole history and um, this whole life And then somebody. sometimes you have to And dis- then they're just, just gone. Yeah. They've just been cut yeah, from the edit. Kill your darlings, isn't it? Yeah. It's always brutal. Have you got any favourite characters? Or, like, favourite characters that haven't ever... That, that have been cut and didn't actually make it into a piece. Oh, 
God, I've, I've probably blocked them out. It's the only way to deal with the fact that you spent so long on them, but they've gone. Yeah, there were some oh. male characters in the chalet lines that I remember because it ended the up being the entire chalet line got called Claude. Claude. I always loved Claude, the husband. Uh, yeah, yeah. He disappeared, which I hated. <clears throat> um, but yeah, we lost all the male characters in that. Yeah, there was, the, there was the ventriloquist. Was he a ventriloquist or a clown or a children's entertainer? Or... Oh, the one that got with that big girl? Yeah. Was he called Gary? Yeah! Oh. <laughs> no, no, Gary was different. Gary was the sort of chubby one. And then there was... Um, oh, God. Who got with Jolene. And then there was... Uh, no, I think Gary shagged Abigail in, like when she was just really wee. Okay. Because yeah. she, she had a good joke about a minor. Okay. Something like that. But um, Gary... Oh, the, yeah, the, the children's entertainer clown. You just put that on. See, so, yeah, block, I've blocked it all out. Cause yeah, it's all gone. Because they were ultimately more interested in the female characters that were left over. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, they were good. Yeah. And any favourite characters that have... What's your favourite character in a... That's a hard question, but like in any of the plays that you've done, is there any that you're like, oh, I love that one? Who do you think it Orlando is? Orlando Spoon. Of course it's Orlando Spoon. <laughs> I love Orlando Spoon. I love Orlando Spoon. Oh, oh, tell us about him it. then. I know, I know. So Orlando tell, like, Spoon. The other people. So I'm currently writing up. I, I did. Um, okay. So Alan, Orlando Spoon was a five minute monologue that I wrote for Liv Taylor that we did it live yeah. many moons ago. That was one of the, my favourite things I've ever directed, by the way. I love that. It was amazing. It was great. Yeah. Um, learning how to play the spoons, which I think we all did in rehearsals as well. It kind of it was amazing. So he was... He was like some kind of child star, wasn't he? Yeah, he was on like a... It was a... The premise of that was it was a kind of a Britain's Got Talent type thing, wasn't it? And he thought yeah. he was going to do something else, but he... Ended up playing the spoons to girls alone. Yeah, no, he's smiling now. Yeah, so he'd... I think he'd been a star in something, hadn't he? But then he'd accidentally, like, blinded Ferg and the scab in Billy Billy Oliver the musical. It was something like that. (laughs) And his mum, like, says, oh, well, you're really shit. And the show was his comeback. And his comeback was playing spoons to girls alone. Yeah. But he was just a really gorgeous character. And Luke Taylor was just such a lush young performer. Yeah, he was brilliant on those. And... um, and his uh, jazzy waistcoat. He had, like, mm. a sequined waistcoat, didn't he? Which was just... Yeah. Yeah. So, at the minute, I'm writing Orlando Stone, the young the adult novel. The adult novel? Yeah. <gasps> Not adult novel, young adult. A young adult. Yeah, because oh, right. a different like, thing. Has he gone... You've taken Orlando He's gone into the porn. <laughs> X-rated. What are you doing? Could you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> that thing he does with spoons. Yeah. Oh, God. mileage. <laughs> Yeah, I've just started writing that as... Uh, I, I did. I wrote an original draft a few years ago and yeah. I took a sabbatical from live and it yeah. was a pile of shit. So I've just... I've just I'm I'm dusting it off. Right. So I'm writing that at the minute. And is that, will that be your first novel? Um, I did write one many years ago. I did a master's in novel writing. Did you? And you had to write a novel for that. When was that? I didn't know that. That was like... 2003. Oh, right, okay. That was probably before... Yeah, that was I knew you very well then, yeah. That was before live. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I'm writing Orlando Spoon, the novel, at the minute. Oh. Bless him. So it's good. He's a really yeah. good character to yeah. to revisit. That would be so good star. doing, like, young... Like, young... Like, a sort of teen... Like, teen um, audience 
teenage yeah i've just been reading loads of i've just started reading again because i hate i hated reading and i was like i'm gonna start reading some books and um i've just started reading loads of young adult stuff yeah i I find it quite hard reading if i've had a period of not reading for a long time like getting back into it Mm -hmm. and i always think like children's fiction is such a good way back in um but it's just as good for, for adults as well. It's just oh, completely, the language yeah. is slightly simpler and it's slightly yeah. easier to sort of process. Can't say. Yeah. I Googled it and I was like, oh, how do you... I was like, what are the rules of writing young adult fiction? And there was about five and I'd broken all five of them in my first sentence. <laughs> so what are they? like? You can't say the C word. Right. Um, you can't... Oh, I can't remember them now. But stuff around language. Stuff around and language like themes, and sexual themes and things like you that. You can do all that. You can do like suicide and rape and all that shit. Right. Like there's kind Thank of you. nothing off bounds. It's just how you handle it. Right. But the biggest thing's a C bomb. Right. Um I can't remember what the others were. It's a bit like, you know, like an afternoon play on Radio 4 where you're like, oh, you've probably got to be really yeah. But actually there's the odd radio far from the play that's really edgy and yeah, quite yeah. brilliant because in the way it handles that kind of material. So yeah. Um, it's kind of a bit like that. Yeah. But yeah, it's early days, but it's it's nice. It's nice to be writing a bit of prose. Yeah. Just text longer, because you can't just write the talking. Yeah. I think I find that hard, though. The, the talking is the bit that I find hard with writing. Not that I've written a novel mm-hmm. um, or much dialogue, but I found it when I was writing um, Preggers... Uh-huh. In a way, that was kind of prose, but it was like autobiographical kind of prose, yeah. which I found a lot easier than writing. Like finding the voice of other people, yeah, I find that really challenging. When I've done like <sighs> attempts at playwriting, I think it's why I've never, I've always been, I've always thought, oh, there's definitely a play in me. There's definitely a play in me with characters, and I've yeah. cre- like creating the characters is really exciting. Creating the worlds, creating the story, mm-hmm. but actually writing dialogue, I just find it so difficult. And then, and then the play. When I have done that, it's been about getting actors in a room yeah. and working and improvising and getting the voices of the characters within those actors and yeah. then taking that away, which uh-huh. I find a much easier process than actually just sitting down and going, oh, <clears throat> this voice sounds like this, and I yeah. can just type it out. I just find that really, really challenging. But you're very good at that. It's, it's tricky. But it takes, it takes a lot of work, though, doesn't it? Yeah. The first few things I wrote were just like, well, the others are, aren't they? But, um, like, proper shit. But um, it just <laughs> it takes a while to get that kind of... It's just about the rhythm in the end, isn't it? Yeah. And it's difficult, like, making them... I suppose making the characters different on the page, but actually they can sound the same on the page. Once you give them to different actors, they're instantly different. Yeah. It's yeah. a weird one. But it's yeah. always, like, a balancing act, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, dialogue's a bastard, but... Yeah, it is. It's and we're also good at quick fire, like comedy, like lines as well. There's just so much comedy within you. It just keeps coming out. It just keeps going. Yeah. Again and again, doesn't it? It's rock though. You can spend like weeks on like one line, just getting it like, getting the balance <laughs> of it right. Yeah. To the point that it just makes no sense. And you're like, oh, I'll just cut it. <laughs> or sometimes you just write it and it comes out like, Coming, you're like, oh, that's a good line, yeah. and then no one else laughs at it. You're like, why are you not laughing at that? That's amazing. Yeah. But yeah, it's tricky. It's a tricky thing with comedy, isn't it? 
I always just try and write what I find funny, but often the things that I find funny, no one else would ever find funny. Yeah. Apart from, like, my mates. Yeah. So it's tricky. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, and it's quite tragic. A lot of your, a lot of the humour in the plays that you've written, that I, the ones that I know, is like comedy out of really tragic, tragic characters uh, as well, isn't it? And kind of, yeah, real like sad plights that that people are kind of up against. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, what are you writing at the moment apart from your novel? Right. Um... I'm just I'm halfway through a new play called M25. Okay. Um, which is about what's it about? It's about this woman called um Lydia Pienkowski. <laughs> nice name. Great name, I know. <laughs> she um <clears throat> he is from Gateshead, but she lives in Muswell Hill. Um with her husband Theo Pienkowski, who's a who's a dentist. A rich dentist. She's kind of married into money, and then she's got two kids called Kurt and Clem Pienkowski. Obviously, <clears throat> I've got a cat called Japs the Cat. Um, so she lives in Muswell Hill. She's from the north. She's still very much of the north, but she's married into this world, and she's kind of a bit of a foreign object in this world. Mm. And everyone in it is a bit of a fucking arsehole, to be honest. Um, but in the very first scene, basically. A 25-year-old boy body comes out through the floor. Oh. Someone's basically someone in her family has killed someone and hidden him under the floorboards. Yeah. He's called Raymond. Yeah. He hasn't got a last name. Um, and so Lydia is such a bored housewife. She finds the body and she's like, oh, one of my family members has killed someone and put him under the floorboards. I'm gonna find out who did it. So it's a bit murder she wrote, a bit murder mystery. But she starts to dig into her three family members' life, uh, but what she finds out is ultimately more devastating than four of them's killed the, a boy because right, yeah. the undercurrent of that world, that really posh world of North London, mm. he's fucking disgusting. Is he? Yeah. So they're all like, they're all doing really twisted, horrible things. Yeah. And her and this kind of dead boy who haunts the player. Wow. Um, have to find out who did it. And is he a sort of? Ghost, is he a character within it that has a voice? He's like, always on, kind of ghostly character. He's always on stage, but sometimes right. he plays other characters. Right. Or sometimes he will... Does he comment or does he have a voice that we hear or is he just a presence that you just see? Sometimes he will... Okay, um, there's a baby. He just... will play out a scene that's happened months ago right. alongside a scene that's happening okay. now. Yeah. And the two things will, like, coexist. Yeah, yeah. Or, like, one scene where it's his death, his attack within the kitchen but a family scene's going on so and sometimes he just plays like extra characters that Lydia goes to speak to 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 inquire about things right. it's quite complicated yeah nice and are you under weird. commission from somewhere doing it or no. is this just so me and Ping have been working on it or is it Crocodile's Ways okay um, who's so, Ping? so Ping directed Crocodiles at the Royal Exchange the Royal Exchange yeah I didn't get to see that one um and we did a thing at the Young Vic together. So he's really cunning. So we finished Crocodiles and we're like, let's do something else. So, um, so yeah, I'm just writing it. Cool. Just cause, and then we're going to try and sell it on to someone. Yeah. Um, yeah, it sounds a bit weird. It is a bit weird. But it's going all yeah. right. It's, twist- it's dark, but yeah. 
it's kind of. Well, I, I wouldn't think, expect I think there's anything, a happy ending. Anything else? I think there's a happy ending. <laughs> I think there'll there. be a happy ending. Oh, good. I'm sure like Lydia it. will win. Yeah, good. We mm. like a happy ending. It is funny. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's dark. Uh, mm. She's growling. She's <laughs> You know what I was thinking about today? Because uh-huh. you were coming round. I was thinking about when we used to do Come Down With Me. Me and Sam were talking about that the other day. Were you? Oh. Come Down With Me was mint. Um, we still haven't finished it. We still haven't and finished it. And who's got the videos? That's what I said to Sam. I think Rosie's got them. Oh, God. Rosie's got the videos of us. Because we actually did the scoring in another room, secretly. We did it properly. Talking about each other's, like, dinners when we were incredibly drunk incredibly shit um, first hey, yeah. hey, was there someone else to go on that round we did about was. three rounds that... so we did so you did Charlie and the Chocolate Factory themed night and so we was it the came... fancy dress round we were doing last yeah and I I did Charlie I think they were just themed I don't think they had to be fancy dressed they were just sort of themed in some way. Yeah. so I did like a sort of around the world thing where we went to like different countries and had food yeah. and games chopsticks and game. chopsticks game and uh, yeah, we were in a didgeridoo game, so we were in Australia yeah. and then in Asia and then... and then Did Rosa do Mexican night? Rosa did, like, a sort of picnic, I think, because we were all sat on rugs on the floor and we had Pin the Tail on the Donkey. Oh, it was pin, like... the, pin the Tail on Heather Mills. Pin the Tail on Heather Mills. Is that when me and Sam came late, drunk? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and then Sam did... Was Sam's themed? Maybe Sam's wasn't themed, or maybe that was a different round. That all I remember is that's the night that we drank cocktails that made us go blue in the face. Oh yeah, go green. <laughs> yeah, all green in the face. She did fish and chips and something. Yeah. Or she did tempura, didn't she? Oh. Was that her theme tonight? I feel like that was a round before. Yeah, maybe it was. We had two rounds, didn't we? I think. Yeah. Um and. What did Ro- Rose? Well, Rosie, Rosie never did do? one. Because we never we went, went to a house. house. Did no. she not do one in some? Did she not do one in your house? I'm sure she borrowed someone's house for one Maybe. of them. Maybe. Maybe. I can't remember. Oh, God, it was all... Maybe it was all, was, was too. It was all too drunk-fueled. But, I mean, the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory one was... That was a great one. Yeah. Edible was, wallpaper. Uh, yeah, you made edible wallpaper. I did. We still don't know who won. I, it was probably me. Well, like you would hope it was I me. made a beef dinner for seven people <laughs> whilst off meeting. And then blueberry bite ice cream. Yeah, yeah. I was dressed as Mike TV and Sam was uh, Violet Beauregard. I still got a, a paper fringe that she, <laughs> yeah, she stapled made a, to her head. A blue paper fringe and stapled it. Did she staple it to her head? She had it on with Kirby Grips. Oh, God. It's really, it was really convincing. And we all did a revolting rhyme. Yeah. Yeah. I thought my rhyme was really good. I, found, that's, I think actually, I that's why a... we were talking about it, because I found all the rhymes. Did you? I've got them, yeah. I think I won a prize for that. I think I won some Britney Spears perfume. Yeah, I think you did. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a prize. Yeah. Yeah, that was funny days. Oh. God, we did get very drunk in those days. I used to love Come Down With Me. Yeah, we should do it again. Maybe we, we should, should reinstate it, it. Yeah. We could, we could... Who's let, who's, Rosa will probably come up and Rosie can come down. Was yeah. it just us five? I think it was... We used to have the occasional special guest. We did have an occasional special guest, yeah. Melanie came to Charlie. Melanie no. Rashbrook came. No, she didn't, did she? She did, because you'd been out for drinks with her. You'd gone out for drinks while I went home to make a three-course <laughs> dinner for six people within an hour. 
And then when you came on, you, you came back, you were like, oh, we, we were having a drink with Melanie, so we brought Melanie. And she was like, is that all right? And I was like, of course it is. I love Aww. Melanie. So I was like, it's fine. Everyone would just have a bit less beef. I don't remember, but was she not in a costume then? Did we dress her up or something? I think she was just in every day. We probably pretended she was one of the parents. Yeah. Yeah. Or Willy Wonka. No one came actually as Willy Wonka. You were, because you were Charlie Bucket with your jumper. I did have a jumper and a scarf, and, and, uh, which equals Charlie Bucket. And Rosa was uh, the one with the golden egg. Violet Beauregard. Yeah, no, she wasn't. She was Augustus Gloop because she had a t-shirt with Augustus oh, Gloop and Rosie was, was, was Veruca Salt. Salt. Yeah. 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 And I think that night ended with everyone passed out all together in your bed, I think, or yeah, on the floor like... or somewhere. That was, was a good night. It was a good night. Yeah, remembering it is like remembering the film. It was that good, yeah. isn't it? Though? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was really good. We didn't have a number of Oh, we're doing really well. Look, we've been talking for 54 minutes. Oh my God, that's ages. I know, <clears throat> it's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, that was yeah. really good. Yeah. Um, yeah, we should do that again. Yeah, we should work we out should. whose turn it is. It's definitely to... Rosie Kelliger's turn. It's definitely Rosie. So if you're listening, Rosie Kelliger, yeah, it's it, your it? turn to invite us all to Edinburgh because she's in Edinburgh What do you now. think her theme will be? It can't just be Scotch because that's, yeah, that's rubbish. Yeah, haggis. And white pudding. Is white pudding Scottish as well? What's the difference between white pudding and black pudding? I don't know, but Laura Lindor really likes white pudding. Is it not made? Is it not made from blood in the same way that black pudding? I think it's what just like make... tripey, yeah. shitey entrails and that. Mm. And probably some milk and butter. I don't know. I've not asked her, but she says it's meant. Right. Um, I, well, I'm not pudding, eating that, basically. No. Or black pudding. No. Black pudding's one of those things that I always, if if it's offered on a breakfast, I always say no, because I don't like the thought of it. Oh, horrible. But actually, when I taste it, it actually no, tastes, I, I quite it. like the taste of it. I just don't like the look of it or the thought of it. Oh, hot but, blood. Um, yeah. Nah. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, it turns my I stomach. know, but we eat other stuff that's probably just as gross. We just, it's just all been packaged differently, isn't it? Hot dogs, but they look better, don't they? <laughs> it's the same thing, though, isn't it? Hot dogs, I don't, yeah, I dread to think what's in a hot dog. Just when blood. I was pregnant and I had, like, um, cravings for crap, basically at the beginning yeah. when I felt sick, all I could eat was, like, kids' food, like mm-hmm. spaghetti hoops. Crispy pancakes. And then, yeah, I didn't actually ever have any crispy, crispy pancakes. Waffles. Oh. It was waffles and uh-huh. spaghetti hoops. And... Uh, and my neighbour upstairs, who's from Jamaica, she was going to Jamaica, and so she gave us loads. She was going for like five months, so she gave us like all the food that was left in the cupboards. Uh-huh. And there was a jar of hot dogs, you know, like hot dogs in, yeah. in a brine in a jar, yeah. which is not something I would probably ever buy or eat. But because I was in that kind of with the kids, or... well, I just yeah, just ate them all. <laughs> did you have them in one sitting cold from <laughs> yeah. the jar, or did you the cook them? I warmed them, I think. I think I warmed them, yeah, but it was, yeah, there wasn't any actual meat in there. That doesn't need to be made. Pretty gross. Not even in a bun, just Just, straight Just, yeah, yeah. Like a machine. Yeah. Like a hot dog recycling machine. (laughs) Brilliant. Oh, dear me. Oh, that's rank. What was it, what was the other things you had? Did you have alpha bites? Uh... I remember no, us talking again, and you said, I'm on an 80s diet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically. Just skips. Skips. Mel- melt in your mouth. Melt skips. in your mouth. Pombears. Yeah, pombears. Yeah, I'm still on pombears, actually. Oh, yeah. It happens. That, that's, that's stuck. Um, yeah. And I just couldn't eat curry. Like, the smell of it. Um, well, just because when I was pregnant the first time and I had to go, I was in India uh-huh. for um, part of my first pregnancy. 
and that was when the sickness, like the morning sickness, it's not even morning sickness, it's all day sickness, yeah. that kicked in. And so the smell of curry, um, in fact, the smell of like frying onions, the smell of cooking anything yeah. that involved spice or onions gotcha or garlic or anything, I just couldn't handle it at all. And that went on for like four months this, with Ella's pregnancy. Ian was gutted because he loves cooking really nice things. And all I wanted just was, can I just have, um, just have waffles for dinner? <laughs> Maybe it's a fried egg on top. Yeah, oh no, I couldn't have covered Arrange it like egg. a face. <laughs> I'd like a bean smile, please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just waffles. Yeah, just waffles. Did you have some weird cravings, like waffles with jam? No, not really. I don't, I don't think I went for anything weird. It was just really simple, really simple food, processed food, okay. and, and chocolate and cake, like sweet stuff. Um, Did you have spam? No. No, no. <laughs> Tell you nails no. so you just you'd just be talking about eating off the wall. I would dare. I would never eat spam. <laughs> Pot kettle. <laughs> yeah, no. The thought of spam makes me feel a bit sick. And corned beef. You know, people eat like up here, corned uh, beef hash is like a big thing, isn't it? People uh, love it. It's fucking gross. What's wrong with corned beef? It's like sort of um corned beef. It's grainy. Is it not? Do you not think it feels grainy on your tongue? No. Which I don't think meat should be grainy like that. That's just the goodness, surely. Yeah. I don't is know. it? My I'm not my a brother fan. does a good corned beef oh, hash. It's not. Kidding. It's not grainy. Is it not? But Maybe I mean, I'm not adverse ones. to a corned beef sandwich myself, like. Mm. Yeah, I'm not a fan. Not like on a <laughs> daily basis. Once in a blue moon is a treat. Yeah. Because it's quite expensive coffee. Is it? <laughs> oh, yeah, it's not cheap. You'd is think it? it would be like the lowest of the law. Yeah. Does it yeah. come in a tin? With a you can key? get it in slices and Tesco's. Oh, oh God. It used to come with in a, a tin. Yeah, in a yeah. tin Yeah. I just remember it from school dinners. That's probably what put me off. Get slices of cold beef time. or luncheon meat. Oh, did it have jelly on it? Yeah. Jelly. Yeah. I know. Same yeah. with pork pies and the jelly layer. Like, why? Why do you need to put a jelly layer in a pork pie? See, I love the a pork pie, and the pastry's good. The jelly. Yeah. Everyone but, picks it out, so why put it in? What I do, I love the, I love pork pie so much that I, I what I do, I, I bite it and I eat it so quick that I never experience the jelly, but I get a bit of the taste of it. <laughs> Not the jelly, like the pie. So you just eat the jelly anyway, but you I just, just get rush it eat them. So I get a bit of pork, and also because I'm because I'm chewing it so quick and moving around, thrashing so vigorously, <laughs> I never quite experience the jelly. Yeah, that's what I should do next time I have a pork pie. Thrash, you do. Thrash it works. Around. Basically, like thrash. It takes your mind off the jelly, but not the meat. <laughs> I've worked it out. Oh, are you going to have some more milk? Okay. There you go. Mm-hmm. Good. Well, we've probably been talking for long enough. Should we? Um, should we leave it on, um, on, on pork pies? Yeah, I think that that, should ad- leave, that advice. Should we leave is... our listeners with some advice about pork pies? Golden. Basically, thrash around when thrash you around eat around it. and eat them really quick. Or if you're not feeling quite thrashy, put them in the microwave for thirty seconds and have them with brown sauce. And does that melt the jelly? And it's Plan not bay. even there. No. Is that why? Is that what you're meant to do? I don't think you're meant to do it. I do it to get rid of the jelly, but the but the but the offside, the off off whatever is that they're not cold. Because I think the best thing about the pork pies is, is that really it's cool. cold. I've never eaten one hot. I'm gonna try it. Try it because there's no yeah. jelly. I mean, it's there, but it's melted, so you can't well, taste yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. So it's quite fatty. Okay. 
but it's yeah. not like you know it's not all coagulated yeah, and it's like, not like that. two tips yeah good there you go listeners okay. there's Could your I tips let's press stop well done is it Did just that button the, the stop one no not that one stop but, yeah so there we have it me and lee matheson talking a lot about cold meat yeah corned beef in a can with a key um i still haven't had a hot pork pie i'm gonna do so over christmas and see what happens with the jelly um yeah so good advice um squirm around whilst eating a pork pie move it around in your mouth a lot so you can't taste the jelly anyway so that was episode nine with lee mattinson um and if you haven't already subscribed to the podcast then please do so on either acast which is www.acast.com forward slash kiss my arts or you can just search for kiss my arts on there hit subscribe and you'll be the first to know when new episodes are uploaded um, or we're also on Stitcher um, and also these will be, can be found on SoundCloud if you want to download them from there. Um, we'll put it out on the my Twitter account, which is at Golding Amy um, and on Facebook too. So please do follow us. Um, hopefully it will become a bit more regular. Now I have some equipment that I can actually use uh, to continue doing more wonderful conversations with the arty folk of the Northeast and beyond. Hope you're enjoying them. Uh, Let me know what you think about pork pies on Twitter. See you later. Bye.